and welcome to here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will try to guide you through a movie. Each and every month there's a theme, and as it's March, I'm doing TV show movie March. Now, tonight I'm looking at Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad, based on the short-lived 1982 comedy TV show Police Squad. Look that one up, it's fucking hilarious, if dated but hilarious. Now, see, my problem with this thing is how did I move this movie? I mean, this is nothing but sight gags, quips, double entendres, dumb jokes, and Leslie Nielsen being Leslie Nielsen in the best possible way. Look, just write this thing with pizza and beer on a Friday night and laugh your ass off. That's a review. Thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs> no, seriously. I love these movies. Rented the fuck out of these in the 90s. Saw part three in the cinema about three times. I just love these playable movies. Why can't they make dumb comedies like these anymore? Ah, oh yeah, I forgot the quote movie movies killed the subgenre of comedy. Plus, I don't think Gen Z like to laugh, they like to be offended at everyone else, but not like to be laughed. I mean, for crying out loud, I don't That's because I'm like a lead balloon with bloody Gen Zers. Brought to us by Jim Abrahams and the Zucker Brothers, who bought us such movies as Kentucky Fried Movie. Aeroplane, Rufus People, Big Business, Hot Shots, and yes, the latter. Bloody scary movie movies. Hmm. I guess you can't win a ball then. Hmm. Anyway, famous for being Priscilla Presley's first and I think only comedy film series. George Kennedy was also then hired. Maybe it's no sense, John, who was also then hired. Mm. George Kennedy was hired as the captain after he demanded the role when he rejected a role on Aeroplane, which is a huge mistake on his part. He fought for a role, forcing original actor Alan North out. Ricardo Montalban got the role after uh, the writer uh, saw him in Star Trek Two, and he thought he was perfect for this role. So Bo Derek was first choice to play Jane, but she turned it down much to her chagrin. Sadly, I have heard there's a reboot and a sequel planned. New no, jazz, bloody well, new. No, let it die already. Just leave this to be a gem of the 80s and 90s and leave it alone. So, buck up, put the cherry lights on top of the car. It's a high-speed ride to ridiculousness. Here it is, Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. With its $12 million budget, this thing pulled in $78.7 million. Starring Leslie Nielsen, Priscilla Presley, Ricardo Montalban, George Kennedy and O.J. Simpson. Directed by David Zucker, the plot, Lieutenant Frank Dribben, LA's most bumbling cop, is tasked to guard the Queen of... Uh, the Queen of, of Elizabeth? Queen Elizabeth II on a state visit of the US. Too bad a millionaire businessman plans on killing the Queen at a baseball game. Can Dribben stop this? Will he find love again? Just what does on Al's face? Why we are now? Hmm, find out here. So after the logos, this opens up on a room filled with dictators of the 80s, Gaddafi, Gorbachev, Arafat, etc, etc, planning on doing the one terrorist act that will show just how weak the US actually is. Not to worry, however, somehow Lieutenant Frank Drebin, played by the late great Liz Nielsen, is in the room and foils their plans. But how the hell does an LA detective get to Beirut? Hmm... How's he of jurisdiction? Enemy. He beats up the room, rubbing off Gorbachev's birthmark, and then he escapes through a window. Too bad the window then smacks him in the face, 
as he falls. And this is wonderfully spoofed in Family Guy using Stewie. Cue the police cherry lights opening as Frank's car drives through the streets to the iconic theme. Yes, I'm guessing those of a certain age are humming it in their heads right now. Up pops the title as the <clears throat> car continues driving through stuff such as a car wash, someone's home, a ladies' rocker room, and indeed a roller coaster finally stopping outside a donut shop waiting for two cops. It then opens on the LA docks. Here we meet Norberg, played by O.J. Simpson, and no comment there. He is trying to bust a drug operation. Too bad he gets shot the fuck out of. Then he bangs his head on a pipe, falls into wet paint, then into a wedding cake, which is there for some reason, and finally into a bear trap before falling overboard, and he is left for dead. Next day, Frank lands in LA, swamped by press, which he thinks is there for him, but it's not, it's for Weird Al Alkovich. Yankovich, even. Played by Weird Al, who loved the TV show and begged to be in this film. I thought he would only get a walk on, but was thrilled when he was a sight gag, so there we have that one. With that, Frank drives down uh, back to the, the station with his captain, Ed Hawken, played by the late George Kennedy, who was in Concord 79, the very movie Airplane spoofed, and that's why he rejected it, because he thought it was going to be mocking him too much, but there we have that one. Anyway, I love how the fact that when they're driving back, Frank talks about his ex-wife, and how everything reminds her of her. Cue the sight gag of nuclear reactor containment domes, up, trying to be tits. As we see when he backed up the car at airport, he somehow hitched the luggage truck to the back of the car. And yeah, these jokes are hmm fast and furious, but some of her lies, some of her are just uh, hmm limp. So anyway, at a hospital, Frank visits a Norberg who has a 50-50 chance of living, but a tenth chance of that. He's hooked up to every machine you can bloody well think of. Here, Frank tries to comfort Mrs. Norberg, played by Susan Bobain, I think that's pronounced her name, but fails miserably as he asks her if she has filled in the donation papers. Okay then. Also, he would be back at the job, unless he's a drogue vegetable, then he would be fired. Okay then, not very sensitive there. Anyway, Norberg comes to telling Frank, I love you. Also, drugs, heroin, Frank, heroin. He then passes back out. Mrs. Norbert then hands over a picture of a boat called I Love You. So Frank puts it together that I Love You is a boat snuggling heroin into Los Angeles. Cut to a prince press con uh why can't I speak tonight? A press junket. Which just cuts to a press junket as you do. Hosted by the mayor, played by Nancy Machard. I think I pronounced her name. Talking about Queen Elizabeth II's trip. She then hands things over to Frank, who instantly insults Britain for having a queen, saying it's utterly ridiculous. The joke being that Liz Nielsen is actually Canadian. He walks off to take a piss, but he still has a live mic, so the press conference can hear him piss. And this joke goes on for a while. First it's funny, and then it drags, and then he continues, and then it's funny again. And with that, Frank and Ed head to the docks to find out what's what. I love the fact that the white chalk outline is floating in the bloody well water. Also, Frank takes a walk around the pier and he, he pays a pier worker for answers, who then pays Frank for answers. That's a bit sight gag and it works every fucking time. I mean, mm. Anyway, he gets a tip what Norberg was onto uh, Ludwig. 
So Frank heads over to see Vincent Ludwig, played by Ricardo Montalban, feeding his prized fish, which are worth $20,000 each. Frank then picks up a silver pen, which is supposed to be unbreakable and completely priceless, until Frank breaks it by accidentally flinging it across the room, landing in a fish tank, which he then fishes out. Of course, these fish bite him, and he kills it by mistake by accidentally hitting it with the pen because he's trying to get away from Ludwig's gaze as he stabs the, the, the fish in the guts with a pen and oops. Anyway, moving on swiftly. Ludwig buzzes his human resources manager, Jane Spencer, played by Priscilla Presley. She then trips down and falls off like the stairs just as she was getting a slow-mo intro. Classy. She takes him to Archives where he sees her nice beaver. Uh, she's on a ladder and she's wearing a skirt. Okay then, she then hands down a stuffed beaver, and how the fuck they get away with that joke is beyond me. She then hands him the records that um, Ludwig told her to give, as with that, Frank walks off, not before asking her out. Ludwig then tasked her to watch him, and indeed get into his good graces. With that, Frank runs to the station, where he crashes into trash cans. This causes the car's airbags to deploy. As the car drives itself down the street, Frank shoots up and blows up the boot. Now the flaming car drives into traffic, and that's a ridiculous sight gag. Inside the station, we meet this movie's Q, Ted Olson, played by Ed Williams. He and Ed are watching his latest invention, an anti-graffiti wall that sprays spray paint back onto the people that hit the sensors with the paint, and this is a ridiculous joke. He then hands Ed a Kleb's shoe from, from A Show of Love. You know that one with the knife and the toe? Yeah, well, Ted added more. He calls it a Swiss Army knife. It has, like, scissors and various other bits and pieces, a nail file and such. Anyway, he then hands Frank a set of cufflinks with poison darts loaded in them. As Ed is playing with the, the shoe, pulling out the corkscrew, the scissors, nail file, etc. Ted shoots Ed with the cufflinks to show the accuracy of these these um, darts. It's knockout darts, not to worry, they are not poisonous darts. Ed is then fine. In walks Al, played by Tiny Ron. As he hands Ted a microscope, he eats a banana... And Frank tells me something on the side of his face. It's a banana. Because hilarious, right? And this was the running gag from a TV show. Anyway, Ed comes to and tasks Frank to find out the truth about Norberg. As Ted tells them he found heroin on his coat. Okay, then think he's dirty. In his office across town, Ludwig finds his prize fish dead with the priceless pen stuck inside of it. So, he thinks a message from Frank? Hmm. Ludwig's assistant Dominique, played by Charlotte Zucker, the Zucker's mother, shows in a goon, a pap schmear, played by Ray Burke, I think I pronounced his name. He was an opening gag, so you know he's evil. Ludwig tells him he'll do the task for $20 million, which pap schmear doesn't bat an eye at. He does have a question if Ludwig can do such a prestigious thing. So he shows off his hypnosis device, which he uses on Dominic to, quote, kill Papsmere with an unloaded gun. Ludwig explains this device hypnotises a person via their watch somehow. So anyone can be an assassin. And I love how the device is bloody a car alarm fob, but there's the 80s for you. Papsmere is beyond impressed, so he tasks Ludwig to kill the Queen. Back to Frank. 
He explains in voiceover he has 24 hours to clear Norberg, so he heads to the hospital to question him. Inside, one of Ludwig's goons gets a doctor to try to kill Norberg. He does so via a pillow. Frank barges in to stop this. As the doctor throws a pillow at Frank, he has trouble getting off his face, and again, that's a ragged joke through the TV show. Doctor then runs for it, steals a car, and cue a ridiculous car chase, as Frank runs after him, stopping a car, driven by Stephanie, played by Winifred Friedman, and her driving instructor, played by John Houseman, in his last ever role. And this gag is utterly ridiculous and indeed hilarious. The instructor has to tell her to do everything such as sticking the car in reverse and giving the finger to a trucker who is rude to her. Much like the P-gag, this is on for a while, with the doctor crashing his car in a ridiculous car shootout. Where the hell does the doctor get the gun from? Just go for it already. I mean, hmm. Landing him on a missile somehow which crash lands into actually crash. He's into a firework factory, which explodes, shooting fireworks off like the 4th of July. Okay, then Frank tells the onlookers, there's nothing to see here, as it explodes like the fucking 5th of November. And I've got to say, I love this high-speed chase. Ch- chase? Chase is a learner driver. I team one at that, and it's just ridiculous. Anyway, later at night, while walking home, we hear another voiceover from Frank asking why Norberg... And why the doctor tried to kill him, and he can't find I love you in the records that Jane gave him. So returning home, Frank finds his door ajar. So cute, backflips, tumbling, etc. As he checks out his apartment, find Jane in the kitchen, boiling a roast, wearing one of his work shirts and nothing else. Over dinner, Frank questions Jane as to why I love you isn't in Ludwig's shipping records. She flirts outrageous with Frank. This leads to a ridiculous sex scene with terraway cloves, man-sized condoms, and hermit, Herman Hermits, something tells me I'm into something good, playing. Also cue slow-motion beach running, which leads to a couple getting clotheslined, eating cotton candy, getting matching tattoos, you know, standard falling in love shit, but this is done in the first date. Okay then. With that, Frank leaves to do a stakeout on Ludwig's office with Ed. They see him leave, so Frank checks out the office, looking for clues. Here he finds out the 20 million for killing the Queen. Unfortunately, Frank sets a light to the paper and using his lighter, which somehow sets the office alight. Frank panics, trying to save priceless objects, trashing the office as he does, as Ludwig returns home early. Frank tries to escape via a ledge, which leads him to almost fall to his death. However, he's saved by a sandstone cock, which he tells a woman with, and he's arrested. Just go with it, folks. It's ridiculous. Frank then tells the mayor Ludwig is going to kill the Queen. She doesn't believe him as his proof burned up in the fire. So she bans Frank from being at the Queen at the Queen's the Queen's reception dinner that night. Frank returns home for dinner and James was up to tell him what Ludwig wants to meet him that night at a slaughterhouse. Frank tells her he thinks Ludwig is dirty. She doesn't believe him, thinks he's jealous. So Frank Preps dinner using Chinese food found in a fridge which closed three years earlier. I know how everything in this fridge is at least six years old. From milk, which is now soft cheese, to mustard, which is six years out of date. Okay, also the fact he pulls out cheese and it starts to walk across the refrigerator top. Anyway, so with that, Frank heads to the slaughterhouse and here is attacked by a goon. 
who in a shootout falls into toxic waste. Very much like the Joker from Batman 89. Hmm, did he steal this gag? Later, Frank showed up at the Queen's reception dinner, telling Ed he dealt with one of Ludwig's goons. Ludwig is in having dinner with Jane. This sets off Frank's jealous side. He then faces off with Ludwig, who warns him without proof he has nothing on him and leave him or else he'll sue. Frank now tells Jane he dealt with Ludwig's goon at the slaughterhouse. He is done with her. Frank walks off in disgust, just as the Queen, played by Jeanette Charles, who played her in other movies, including National Lampoon's European Vacation, Austin Powers, Gold Member, and a few other TV shows. Unfortunately, Frank is blasted by trumpets. He sees Ludwig with a musket and thinks he's going to kill the Queen. So he dies on top of her and slides across the banquet table as the press snaps picks. Next day, Frank is fired. While cleaning out his desk, he finds evidence of someone who got the chair three years earlier was innocent. Oops. Jane runs in to tell Frank there was nothing between her and Ludwig. He likes East German Maine, where she likes cops, and the whole place goes, oh, hello. Anyway, she tells him Ludwig is planning to kill the Queen at a baseball game that afternoon. So cut to a baseball stadium. And here is where I go completely silent, because I know little to nothing about baseball, or the players, etc, etc. I've played baseball since 1990, bloody well, three, and I fucking hated it. Nothing but jumped up bloody rounders. Anyway, all I know is the announcers were either former players or announcers. All but Dr. Joy's brothers, who got $64,000 for that one 30-second bloody cameo. Jesus, jinkies. Anyway, Frank sneaks backstage, knocks out an opera singer, Palazzo, played by Tony Barrett. He steals his clothes and heads off under the field, where he sings American National Anthem badly. Frank then slinks off, becomes dressed as an umpire, trying desperately to stop the game at all costs. He's distracts them by patting them down, by hoovering the home plate, by fighting with umpires, etc, etc. It's no good, it's almost at the end of the game, so Ludwig uses his device on a player, a Rod- Reggie Jackson, who pulls out a gun from home plate and goes to shoot the Queen, but Frank fires the knockout dart on him. Well, actually, no, he hits a fat chick and it lands on top of them, so it's un- knocked out. Also, this starts a riot and a fight, and the whole fucking place is going to World War Three. Right? Ludwig then pulls an Uzi on Jane and takes her prisoner. It's down to Frank to save her. However, Jane bites uh, the gun hands as Frank fires another knockout dart. Ludwig then falls from the top of the stadium to his death. He's run over by a steamroller and then a bloody marching band, which hits the device and hypnotises Jane to kill Frank. But the power of love, Frank breaks the spell. As this is broadcast over the Titantron, the rest of the stadium stops fighting and they all fall in love with each other, as you do. The Queen is then saved. Frank gets the girl and his job back. The bad guy is dead. Norberg is at hospital. All is well. As credits roll, with Norberg being shot into the air because Frank hits his wheelchair and he falls off the whatever hell it is so that was naked gun from the files of police squad dumb stupid ridiculous full of sight gags and jokes galore what i love about this is it's played completely straight and i love the fact that lizzie nielsen is a comedy fucking god i mean he just looks at the camera and goes get in and the ridiculousness just oozes from this bloody this movie this is utterly, 
utterly ridiculously stupid. And I love it for it. It's just terrible, but geniusly terrible. So for that, I'm going to give this thing a very rare 10 out of bloody well 10. Like I said, pizza, beer, and a Friday night. Perfect. Now don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And come back next week and look at Scooby-Doo 02. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. And check out another one of my hundreds of podcasts. Eh, bye.